Amen. So Genesis 30, verse 25. We actually read verse 25 last week, but we'll start in 25 this week and uh, get into uh, what the Lord has for us uh, in our study uh, this evening. So we last week studied the chaos that was in the home of uh, Jacob, uh, Leah, Rachel, Zilpah, Bilhah. Um, uh, I think I messed up one of the one of the names of of the the maids that ended up being. No, I didn't. Okay, um, I, I thought there was a half somewhere in there or whatever. But uh, uh, the mess and, and the competition that was happening between uh, his two main wives of Rachel and Leah. And uh, the competition of I can produce children and, and you can't. And, uh, well, I'm going to have him marry my maid and produce children on my knees so they'll be mine. And, and there was just so much contention happening. And uh, we discussed how, how Jacob had a special love for Rachel and he didn't love Leah. Rachel, you know, a little bit in his defense, uh, he was in love with, with Rachel and he got tricked into having Leah as his wife. However, is it that hard to show love to somebody that's in your household? You know, and we know that he didn't. And as Leah would get pregnant, she would she was very hopeful, maybe this one will make him love me. Maybe this one will make him love me. Maybe this one will. And I encourage anybody here that um, anybody we know or uh, any time we're in a, uh, any type of, it doesn't have to be a marriage or anything, that we would never do something to try to earn the love of somebody else. That there would, yes, we should love. Yes, we should serve uh, those those people. But to compromise our faith uh, to try to get somebody to love us um, in today's world, missionary dating. You know, hey, I'm a Christian. They're not. But I'm going to give them whatever they want so that they'll they'll love me. And then I'm going to drag them into church. How often does that work? No, they get sucked right out. And then now they're trying to drag the person and they're being discouraged in those things. You know, the, that type of, of thing. And we're not going to get off on a, a whole lot of that conversation, but I do feel it's proper to discuss that. Um, you know, we uh, we should be um, experiencing the love of the Lord in the, our lives uh, as we're walking with him. I know we are. But we should be giving that love also. And uh, Jacob was giving it to one wife and ignoring the other. And uh, so much so that when it came to uh, a little boy coming back with some flowers for his mom, there was a, a petition. Hey, can I have some of the, the, the mandrakes? You know, and, and there was the belief that those were going to help uh, her conceive, Rachel conceive. So, uh, and they have this discussion. Is it not enough that you've stolen my husband and now you want my mandrakes? And they make a deal, and and they rent uh, uh, Rachel rents uh, Jacob out for the night, and Leah gets pregnant, and there's all of that, and so we see the heartbreak in Leah's life, and we see the heartbreak in Rachel's life because she can't bear children, although she's loved by her husband. There's a lot going on there, and um, they they end up uh, all four of the wives that he ends up with, uh, and that's a mess in and of itself. Um, he uh, has a much divided house, and uh, there is a uh, there's just a lot of tension happening. And uh, they uh, it ends with him having his eleventh son Joseph, and uh, Rebe uh, Rachel saying that she will have another one. And we know, looking forward, that that's Benjamin. So, uh, and then it comes to verse twenty five, and it came to pass when Rachel had uh, born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place, to my own uh, to my country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you. Let me go, uh, for you know my service, which I have done for you. So Jacob's ready to go home. Jacob had been there a long time, and he's asking uh, to be released. He wants to go. Uh, he served his debts uh, as much as possible. And, uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he has done everything that was asked of him. And uh, we know that he had a seven-year debt 
um, that he had to serve out and then get Rachel. And then there's the switcheroo. He gets uh, Leah. And then uh, after, after a week with Leah, he's given uh, Rachel on credit, right? So he serves another seven years there. Then he serves six years for livestock. So we're talking about 20 years of time that has happened. And, you know, it's a long time uh, near at the end of everything. It's 20 years that he serves Laban. And uh, that's, that's a long time. And uh, so he, he had to serve debts. And, uh, you know, just from a Christian standpoint, as much as possible, avoid debt in our lives. I've told my kids, don't ever get a credit card. You know, don't you don't need that. Um, and I know there's the building of credit and people that are smarter than I am can make that argument to them. I, you know, I never had a problem getting uh, any type of loan or uh, anything in my life uh, without a credit card. And um, I, I, you know, I'm not saying we've never had credit cards, um, but we uh, you know, we learned really quick. Oh, wait a minute. So they give us this money up front. And then we've got all this interest. And then they're like, oh, hey, you know, uh, the way credit, the way they work is, oh, if, if they give you a $3,000 thing and you reach that $3,000, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just extend it out. And then you've got more money that you don't actually have. You know, so th there's the trap there, right? You know, those things. So as much as possible, if you look at Romans uh, 13, 8, it says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another for uh, he who loves another has fulfilled the law. But oh, no one anything. There are a lot of different avenues that that can um, happen in our lives and that can that can affect. So uh, the encouragement is to not uh, be tied to anybody financially and those things. So um, there are a lot of good resources, you know, uh, that are available for Christians, uh, such as uh, Dave Ramsey's. Re, uh, uh, tools you can go on and go. I mean, they, they've, he's got this whole process and, and uh, snowballing. My wife and I did that years ago where, you know, you learn how to pay off the smallest debt and then uh, you take what you were paying there and you roll that into the next one. So you're, you're constantly quickly paying things off. And we got to the point where like, we don't know anything on any of our cars. Everything's paid off. It was such a great thing. Uh, so there, there's a lot there, but the, the debt that, that Jacob owed to, to Laban was physical labor. And that labor uh, was uh, was required for him to get his wives. And then it came uh, for, he said, hey, I'll serve you another six years for livestock. So he didn't want to go start his life without anything to build on. So uh, there's a lot happening uh, in the background there to kind of understand what's happening. And, and he's ready to move on. He's got his wives. He's got 11 children, 11 sons. Uh, we know of one daughter, Dinah, Dina, however you want to pronounce that. Um, that we know of. There might have been more daughters. Uh, unfortunately, uh, back in those days, there wasn't a whole lot of accounting for, for daughters. Sorry, ladies. That's just how it was. And and um, I love that the, the record gets set straight, uh, you know, as the Lord is, you know, moving through and the Lord is sharing Old Testament times, you know, where he's using, uh, you know, Deborah uh, to, uh, to lead the nation and he uses Ruth uh, that that, sto that story of, of how uh, the Lord ministered uh, uh, through Ruth. And uh, there are so many uh, great stories throughout the Old Testament and then the New Testament, you know, uh, male and female, the Lord uh, loves us. So uh, we know that he had uh, 11 sons and at least one daughter at this time. So uh, verse 27, so he's made his petition to Laban and Laban uh, comes back and says in verse 27, and Laban said to him, please stay if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, name your wages and I will give it. Now, so Jacob said to him, uh, you know how I have served you and, uh, and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little and it has increased to a great amount. For the Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I provide uh, for my own house? So that's a, a, a good conversation. I think uh, a normal conversation for somebody who has been blessed by, we'll call him an employee, somebody who he's laid uh, responsibility, uh, made responsible uh, for what he had. And that it's been blessed as he's had um, uh, it under his control. So Laban's like, Hey, I don't want to lose you. Uh, name your wages and I'll give it to you. And Jacob says, well, you know how everything's been blessed. We started off and things were uh, small. And then as I've had control of them, the Lord has blessed. So 
you know, Laban is uh, declaring that he knows that the blessings of the Lord have come through Jacob and he doesn't want to lose him. You know, he was blessed for Jacob's sake. And, you know, whether it aware, we're aware of it or not, that, uh, that God is using us where we're at. If we're honoring him with our lives and we're serving um, in our uh, our occupations as we should be, uh, the Lord is using us in a special way, whether we know it or not. Um, there are times, remember, uh, and we'll, we'll discuss it here. Remember in Genesis 28 when when uh, Jacob has the dream, right? He has a lad and he's like, the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it. The Lord works in and through our lives and we don't sometimes aren't even aware you know, as we grow in our faith and as we mature, uh, we should be more in tune to what he's doing. But even at, at other times, we're, we don't know when God is using us. You know, there, there have been times in my life where I've just stepped out in, in small ways and, and just been like, all right, Lord's telling me to do this. And to realize that ripple effect that it has to God's glory, you know, to point to him. And uh, just just be aware of that. You know, he was just serving. Uh, you know, he had his eyes set on on uh, his wife. Right. He wanted Rachel. And then uh, so he's serving and, and they serve that as he's serving. It's it's he's he's so uh, in love with with Rachel that as he served for seven years, it seemed like a few days to him. Right. It just that's that's the way it felt. And as he's serving, he wasn't a burden to Laban or anything. So, uh, you know, as we are in our uh, places of employment or, or we're over anything, just honor the Lord and ask him to bless us in what we're doing. And as we do that, he's going to uh, to bless us, not only bless us, but to bless those in, in charge of us. It's biblical to pray for those that are, are uh, in uh, in authority over us. You know, you can you can look into Romans 13 and and see the the, the guidance uh, from the Holy Spirit through Paul for us to pray for those that are uh, are over us. And that's talking specifically of the government, but uh, also there, there are several scriptures for those that work for, uh, you know, slaves and the slave master that, hey, you know, you need to you need to work hard and and uh, and to, to be a good uh, worker and 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 to uh, to to bless them. So Laban uh, says here that he understands that he has been blessed. He says that the Lord has blessed me uh, for for your sake, and uh, that's that's a powerful thing to be said. Let that be said of us in our workplaces and those things that we would be a blessing. That we wouldn't be the other, you know, just another person that goes. When we say we want to go and they're like, yes, this person's resigning. They're out of here. Two more weeks. You know, that that shouldn't be said of the Christian. So now it says here that Laban had learned by experience in the original language. He's really saying that he learned through his pagan worship. That's an interesting thing there uh, through his pagan worship. And we're going to get into that. Uh, but the word used there is is really speaking of his pagan worship, and we'll discuss that more when we get to chapter thirty-one. But uh, so Jacob's request is instantly um, met with a negotiation, and Laban's like, "Hey, I don't want to lose you. You're a good worker. Things have gone really great. Uh, I want to keep you here. You know, name your wages, and I'll give it to you." And uh, Jacob is uh, what we see here. He's he's irreplaceable, uh, and um, we know that Laban is a man that we can't fully trust as we're reading, right? Uh, he, he's a really good schemer. And uh, we, we discussed how good of a schemer uh, Jacob has, uh, has been in his life. And uh, he's, and how um, we, you know, a baseball guy, he's minor league and, uh, you know, uh, Laban's like a hall of shame <laughs> guy. You know, I can't say hall of fame because of what he was doing, but if there was all of fame for deceivers and, and those that can uh, really spin things so that where things work out, Laban's there, man. He's one of the first ones inducted uh, into that. And so we learned that. So, you know, his word isn't necessarily his bond, right? That's saying uh, when, uh, you know, as Christians, our yes, uh, our yes be yes and our no be no, uh, Laban very much wasn't one of those people. You know, he was a guy that you had to read the fine print on. So, 
So there's this discussion. Hey, name it and I'll give it to you. And uh, Jacob uh, ensures, if you look at verse 29, that Laban is aware, although he, uh, he has just said it. He already said, the Lord's blessed me for your sake. You know, Jacob makes sure that he understands that uh, where he came from, you know, financially, from uh, how his his family has been blessed because of uh, of Jacob since he's been uh, since he came along, and uh, Jacob needed to be specific and uh, needed to define how God has blessed what he has done, and uh, we might need to do the same in a situation where we're in. Right? We might be on the other side of, hey, we're working really hard and not being. Uh, you know, properly uh, taken care of. You know, sometimes, unfortunately, there are people that are are unjust that we are serving under, and it's hard to serve under those people. Thankfully, we live in a country where we're not stuck working for them, and we might be able to to go find something else. Uh, but at times, um, you know, for me, coming out of a 24-year military uh, contract, there are times when, thankfully, I was blessed with some great leadership in my career, and I can't look and go, that guy, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I had good leaders over me, but man, did I witness other people that did not. And I'm like, wow, I'm glad I didn't work. And they're stuck. They're in a, they're in a military contract, you know, and uh, they're stuck with that person. Yeah, there are other ways to uh, uh, do things, but sometimes you need to go and say, hey, you know, I'm not being taken care of, you know, or, or, or I, I don't really appreciate, you know, the things that you've said about me or those and, and to step, stand up for yourself or, Hey, you know, when I came into the shop, it was like this, and 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 really, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn or whatever, but uh, I feel that I've made a positive contribution, and 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 Jacob is finding himself in that spot, reminding Laban, hey, Mister Small Print Guy, you just need you need to remember, since God has brought me here, since I've been brought here, God has blessed me, and uh, and uh, he uh, he is uh, quick to say that it was. The Lord working there, so that's that's an important thing uh, to incorporate in our lives. You know, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe I've got to work hard and do a good job, and I believe I have. Uh, so don't be afraid for us to say, hey, you know, I I think I'm, uh, you know, I've been working hard here. I my my faith uh, leads me to uh, being serious about what I'm doing, and I take this job seriously. Those things, you know, at times we might need to do those. But this negotiation's happening, and and. And uh, Jacob uh, ends what he's saying here with says, hey, I want to provide for my own home and I want to have our own space. I don't always want to serve under you. I'm not your son. I want to go back to my my family. I've been away. And, and uh, verse 31. <clears throat> so when it says, so he said, so Laban said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And these shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come when the subject of my wages comes before you. Everyone that has uh, is not speckled and uh, is spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs uh, will be considered stolen if it is with me. So Jacob and Laban uh, are, are discussing payment and he's saying, let me today go through your flock. And he's saying, let's remove the speckled, spotted and brown uh, sheep and the spotted and speckled goats. And uh, Jacob says that he would like to pass through the flock and, and that he would take those uh, the offspring, and and uh, he would uh, start with taking the ones that were that were already uh, spotted. Now, this is interesting if you look at verse thirty-one, because Jacob says, "So my righteousness will answer for me in time to come regarding his wages. My righteousness will that it it will answer uh, for me." Now, uh, what ends up happening here is that's exactly the case. And, uh, you know, Jacob, I, I, I personally believe Jacob knew something was up. He's like, Hey, you're going to do this. And as, as the, the deal's getting laid out, he's like, by the way, my righteousness in the end, when we start talking about this again, my righteousness is going to answer for me in the time to come. So, uh, he's presenting a business deal to Laban and, uh, look at Laban's response in 34 and Laban said, Oh, that it would, Oh, that it were according to your word. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted. 
all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had some white in it, and the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into his the hand of his sons. Wait a minute. <laughs> Aren't those supposed to go to Jacob, right? So he removes them. Then he puts three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the, la the rest of Laban's flocks. So he takes all those out, and he's like, hey, I want those ones. They're three days out. Oh, the only ones left are the ones you're going to keep, Laban. Here we go. The, 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 the scheme is on, right? So Laban sees that this as a great opportunity to benefit himself, and immediately he removes all them and uh, leaves Jacob with the ones that Laban is going to keep. And, uh, you know, imagine doing business with this guy and you're not related to him. Right. Remember when when uh, Jacob met the guys uh, from the uh, Padana Ram, Padana Ram, however you want to say that, Banana Ram. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so as uh, when when uh, they they meet at the well, they're like, "Hey, do you know Laban?" And the answer is just, "Yeah, we know him." You know, there might have been a little bit more, but he's he's a business guy that always has his own uh, interests in mind. And there's three days journey between them. And but remember, verse thirty three. As we go through this, so my righteousness will answer me in time to come. Okay? So remember, Jacob wanted to go that day. So that day, what does Laban do? He gets his sons and grabs all the ones that Jacob would have and puts them three days away, right? Hey, you guys just keep going, keep going, keep going. And they're three days away. So what's left? The ones that Laban's going to keep. He's a he is he's something else. And um, so what is uh, Jacob's, uh, you know, this is... Uh, We'll, we'll talk about Jacob's response here in a minute, but he's serving a pagan and unrighteous man. And uh, you look at his doings and his business dealings and how he's taking advantage, advantage of him. He's a professional deceiver. And, um, you know, there's a there's a lot uh, of of deception and there's a lot. I mean, this type of person, you just you, you have to constantly just be like, ah, I don't want to do this. You know, I think that, that that Jacob oftentimes went to bed just going, man, what this guy is always going to take advantage of me. You know, all those things. And uh, that's just what it is. But what's his response? Verse 37. Now, Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods and the rods which had he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters and uh, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks before uh, brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streaks, uh, the streaked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. And it came to pass whenever the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants and camels and donkeys. That's a lot of confusion as you're reading it. You're spotted and you, know, you got reeds and stripped and thrown into the water and they're breeding and they're pointed in this direction and all those things. We're going to get to the summary of what it is. So it is a little bit of a puzzle as we put it together here. But, um, you know, uh, whether uh, when you start looking at this and, and the discussion about the peeled strips that were put out and that were used uh, where uh, they would uh, go and get their drinks and how they would um, they would reproduce, you know, whether it was something biological or psychological or, or whatever it is uh, with with patterns, you know, it affected, you know, their their drive to conceive or or whatever it was Jacob's practice ended up resulting in the flocks producing streaked speckled and spotted uh, livestock so uh, however that works whatever the 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 scheme was there uh, however that all came together uh, and, and and we'll look at that here further in just a moment but uh, they they start having them and uh, now Jacob's flock gets separated from Laban's flock and in verse forty one it says that. 
Jacob arranged it so that the stronger livestock were mating, and he placed the rods before their eyes, and they were affected by the rods before their eyes. Don't know exactly what it was about that, but but uh, what we end up seeing here is that he went about this process, and that he had a, a result that was favorable to him. And we'll discuss that here as we progress through. So, so you know, some have tried to find a natural explanation uh, regarding uh, the striped branches. And uh, did Jacob learn this from a lifetime of working with the sheep and, and all this time that he had uh, been there? Um, was there something that might stimulate the ship, uh, the, the sheep to uh, mate, or you know, uh, where and how he placed them? You know, we don't know a lot of that. There isn't a lot of commentary from the scripture on it, but. We do know that he did it, that he put them uh, where the stronger animals would mate, and uh, that the result of all of his actions resulted in stronger, multicolored livestock for him. So however that worked, whatever the magic was of the, of the strip uh, things, uh, the, the reeds and everything, however that, that affected them. And um, some people have done some pretty in-depth uh, uh, studies and everything. Um, I, I myself went through three different pastors and, you know, looking, uh, into, uh, another, so I went to four different sources and none of them had a whole lot to say about it. Uh, this might fall into one of the categories, uh, maybe some brilliant scientist, you know, Oliver was talking about this astro astrophysicist that came to the university of Maine, somebody along those lines, that's super, super duper smart. Maybe that it's been revealed to them. Regardless of what it is, we're going to see there's something more uh, happening. So uh, we don't know uh, what's happening, but we know uh, or how it's happening. But we know the stronger multicolored animals that are supposed to belong to Jacob are the result. And uh, Jacob is working here like, hey, this guy is doing this. I'm going to do this. And uh, regardless the method, uh, what was behind the method, you know, the best thing to realize through all of this is that. Uh, the increase is what God caused. And uh, we'll see that here as, as we progress through in our study. It wasn't about Jacob's ingenuity. It wasn't that he was this genius and, and figured this all out. God was the one that, that blessed Jacob. God was the one behind this. And Jacob himself says that in the discussion that, that follows us. So uh, this is all happening, and God is blessing what Jacob is doing. Now, uh, even today, there are sheep called Jacob's sheep, which is uh, which is pretty neat, and they're multicolored. They're highly sought after for uh, hand spinning, and uh, uh, the name came from Jacob's sheep. Even today, thousands of years later, they're still called Jacob's sheep because of uh, their, them being multicolored. So it's a pretty neat thing that even today uh, that is uh, taking place. So God blessed what he did. Now, uh reflecting back remember verse 33 it says so my righteousness will answer for me in the time to come regarding my wages so that's the third time i know i've brought that up three times but we're seeing it start to come uh, to fruition when he's saying that hey we're going to set this deal and by the way my righteousness is going to be uh answered uh, as as everything unfolds is what he's saying here so whatever favor we have comes from the lord you know, as we're working, as we're progressing through our lives, whatever we're doing, uh, if our lives, especially uh, for the Christian, uh, as we're honoring the Lord, he's blessing us uh, with, you know, as we are, are hard workers and we're looking to honor him and and uh, God is, is going to bless us. So don't ever feel like, oh, you know what? It's not worth it for me to work hard. Nobody's going to care anymore anyways, or this is all set up, uh, you know, against me. I'm just going to give up hope. You know what? Just keep serving, keep doing whatever it is until the Lord leads you. Uh, and as we honor him, he's going to bless us. Verse 1 of chapter 31. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that, uh, that was our father's. And uh, from what was our father's, he acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban. And indeed, it was not favorable toward him as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. So as Jacob is prospering, you know, although Laban did his best to make sure he didn't, right? 
they, you know, Laban's like, oh, hey, I'm going to make a deal with you. And then right before he can, he, you know, he's doing all those things. He's not that type of guy that you can really trust that's going to help you get the job done. And, uh, you know, Laban's sons are growing more hateful toward Jacob. And, you know, of course, the more he has, the less they have, right? Because they're the ones that are going to gonna inherit whatever Laban still has. So they're getting all fired up when they see, wait a minute, the feeble ones, and uh, there's less in number, and, and Jacob's are strong and in and, and, and more numbers. So they're getting fired up, and Laban's countenance even changed. And it's no longer favorable toward Jacob. And Jacob could see the bitterness on Laban's face. He had heard the voices of his sons, and he sees the, the bitterness in, in, in Laban's uh, face. And it would grown to the point that it was physically visible uh, that Laban did not want him around and didn't want uh, the deal anymore. So uh, Laban's losing the game that he thought he stacked in his, in his uh, favor, right? Uh, this reminds me, as I'm saying this, of playing backyard football. You know, there was always the backyard. Oh, yeah, well, we got this guy. You know, yeah, you know, we're all, you know, five foot nothing. And, hey, we got the six foot two guy on our team. And all we're going to do is toss the ball in. And he's going to, you know, there are always things that we would do. And then you find out the big guy can't play basketball, right? And everybody starts getting more mad. And they're getting mad at him. You know, that type of thing where you think the odds are stacked in your favor and it's not working out well. Laban's had enough. And, um we see here that the Lord steps in and verse three uh, and and start and speaks to to Jacob in the situation and uh, the Lord stepping in and directing uh, Jacob and you know before he had just wanted to go home now the Lord is sending him home and there's a big difference between the two maybe the Lord was stirring his heart to go home but now that he's being sent by the Lord uh, things start moving very quickly. Uh, and and uh, very positively uh, for Jacob, uh, and not that he never saw any uh, opposition, but things start moving rapidly in that direction. And uh, as the Lord tells him to go, and uh, you know, how does God speak to him? And 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 he does. He he just he just speaks to him. And and um, the Lord had uh, in Genesis twenty eight. You guys remember in Genesis twenty eight, the Lord speaking to him and. Uh, the Lord had uh, declared to him in 28:13. I don't know if we have the the whole thing up there, um, but uh, if we go to 28:15, the Lord summarized his uh, his uh, direction and his uh, promise to Jacob, saying, "Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you." So the Lord had promised to Jacob. Jacob had just deceived. He's out there. He's sleeping. He's got his head on a, on a rock at night. He has this tremendous dream. He, he sees how the Lord is working uh, in a place and in a time that he didn't think uh, that the Lord was working. And he's blessed. And the Lord gives him this great blessing, the, the Abrahamic, coven, uh, Abrahamic covenants being passed along to him that had gone to Abraham and to Isaac and now to Jacob. And the Lord declares that to him and ends in verse 15 saying, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Now that's something, you know, if you need to get the tattoo, you know, I'm, I'm not a big one for telling people to go out and get a tattoo, but if you need the physical reminder for you of, you know, I, I need this verse to tell me. If you're like me, a little bit hard-headed and, uh, learn a little bit slower or whatever, then, hey, God is, you know, I'm not telling you, like I said, don't go get a tattoo, okay? Uh, but it, it, for me, that would be, it, I, I'm not against tattoos at all. I'll just say that. Uh, but don't go get it because I said so, if that makes sense, right? Um, and uh, get a, get a verse, you know, if I'm going to get something, it's going to be something cool. You know, I was supposed to start with a family one here. And, uh, and I just ended up just getting Jen's name and I was going to put the girls on there and everything for our 10th year, 10 year anniversary. Great present, wasn't it? Hey babe, got your name on my arm, right? Yeah. 10th anniversary, right? Yeah. I, I taken a day off and I, sorry that, yeah, I should not be. Yeah. Anyways, this is just, and, uh, and yeah, that was her, her 10th anniversary. Hey, look, look what I did, you know? I've grown a little bit since then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we went out to eat, or I don't even know what we did for our tent. She can probably tell you everything. Um, sorry. I, I don't I – don't, anyways, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But, uh, you know, I just – my recommendation is a tattoo is permanent. Whatever you're going to get, make it meaningful uh, and uh, something cool. 
and uh, that that you're gonna like to have, you know. And anyways, I'm never mind. way off on a rabbit trail here. But uh, if we need the reminder, uh, if God has spoken to us powerfully uh, from the Scripture, make sure that we've done whatever we can. Write it on your dashboard uh, on a piece of paper. Tape it to your dashboard, right? And and have that reminder. Uh, put it on your on your mirror at home. This is how the Lord spoke to me. He declared this to me, and and I I know that He spoke to my heart, and 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 this has has been resounding. And He's He's been teaching me through this. Put it all, plaster it all over the place. You know, that's that's always going to be something that we uh, can be reminded of um, as we and we're going to be blessed by it. So what we see here is that <clears throat> through the chaos that has happened. And Jacob's life, since the time he was at Bethel till now, the Lord has been with him the whole time. The whole time. He's been deceived. He's had to serve longer than he thought he had to. All that stuff. The Lord had promised him way back in Genesis uh, 28, those years, way back then, uh, that, that he was going to be with him. and He, he was going to bring him back uh, to his father, to his land. Uh, and uh, that, that he, was, he was not leaving for uh, forever. So God had promised uh, and God's promises doesn't waver or uh, they don't waver or fail. So, um, you know, Jacob uh, had uh, been blessed and been, uh, you know, the Lord had been with him. And, you know, we're called to follow the Lord uh, by faith and not by sight. Even though we may not see him working, just understand that uh, that God is working like he was in Bethel. Uh, even though we may not understand, if he says something to us, we can take that and move forward with it in our lives. Verse 4. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah uh, to, the, to the field to his flock and said to them, I see your father's countenance that is not favorable toward me as before. But the God of my father has been with me, and uh, and you know that with all my might I have served your father. Yet your father has deceived me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not allow him to hurt me. If he said thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore speckled. And if he said thus, the speckled, uh, the streaked shall be your wages, then all the flocks bore street. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream and behold the rams which leaped on the uh, upon the flocks were streaked, speckled and gray spotted. Then the angel of the Lord, Big A, uh, spoke to me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift your eyes now and see all the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise, go out of this land and return to the land of your family. So uh, this is uh, as things are getting to a point where Laban uh, is uh, getting uh, hostile and his sons are, are starting to get hostile toward Jacob. Jacob calls his wife out to the wives out to the field, and it must have been a safer, more private place uh, to have this type of conversation. Maybe there were some uh, around the house that were, would have been loyal and told Laban. We don't know. Uh, maybe this was a way uh, to not draw attention to Jacob, a way uh, that things would seem as normal as possible. Whatever it was, he has them come out, and uh, this isn't emergency meeting between he and his wives and they discussed that Laban's countenance was no longer favorable and uh, toward him and it had changed uh, but he says the God of my father has been with me is what he say what he what he summarizes all this has happened and even if uh, you know I it was it was these sheep then God gave me favor here and if it was these ones God gave me favor there Whatever it was, God uh, intervened. So that when I said that we were going to discuss this more, whatever it was with the streaks and, and the strip reads and everything, if you want to do an in-depth study, I'm sure there's an interesting one out there. Uh, but what we ultimately see is uh, that God was at work. 
and God was multiplying uh, in favor of Jacob, as as he just declared there. And he says, your fathers deceived me. So this deceiver, we know that Jacob uh, you know, was named um, the supplanter, and we know that he he deceived and he worked things. He was good at, at making sure he, he ended up well uh, in a good deal, and he, he gets deceived by, uh, by a, a better deceiver. And he says that he changes his wages ten times. And, um, you know, Laban had showed that he was constantly working things in, in his own favor. And, you know, we, we discussed the schemes uh, to get service out of out of Jacob for, for his daughters, right? So he had all these, these things set out. And then he gets another six years out of him for livestock. And um, he had uh, just made an agreement with Jacob. And uh, right after he makes the agreement, he goes and takes the ones that Jacob would get. And he moves them three days out. So he can't have that. So, so he, had, he had been doing so much, you know, you, you can look at things like switching out livestock deals, you know, always doing things so that he would benefit and, uh, and taking advantage of, of Jacob in the situation. So he's very discouraged um, by the, this bad businessman uh, named Laban, you know, his, his uncle. Uh, that you'd think you'd be able to trust, but he can't. So now his father-in-law, right? And he's got uh, everything here. He's very discouraged. And he explains that God was the one that stepped in and gave him favor over over Laban. He's explaining this to his wives. And, uh, you know, he's not giving himself credit saying, hey, you know what, as I went out there, I stripped and I did all these things. He There was something behind what he did. Um, and what's really cool is I looked into some commentary and they were actually saying that him doing this was him not trusting the Lord and him going about his own way of doing things and the Lord still blessing him. That was a cool uh, note on there that I wanted to, to pass along. So whatever it was, his summary, Jacob's own summary of it was God worked and God blessed those, uh, his work. And, um, so Jacob describes uh, the dream from the Lord, and he says the angel of the Lord spoke to him. You know, God himself, uh, the angel of the Lord. When uh, we were after church on um, a Sunday during the, uh, um, uh, I almost said the, the prayer breakfast. That's a women's prayer. Why am I? Fellowship dinner. Thank you. Uh, it's the end of the day, right? Uh, and uh, we were just having a discussion about the angel of the Lord being the pre-incarnate Christ. And uh, so he's hearing from God himself, and God is confirming here uh, the meaning of the dream. And uh, what's interesting is God said to him in verse 13, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Right? I am that God, the God that you didn't understand was working, the God of your fathers. You didn't understand in that place. Uh, and uh, that would spark uh, a lot of memories, and that would really speak to uh, Jacob's heart. God knows how to speak to us in a way that uh, we can try to encourage, we can try to share, we can do those things, but only God can speak to somebody in a way that is going to change their heart and change their life. It has to be the Holy Spirit. It has to be God speaking, right? We can speak the word and everything, and we can plant seeds, and uh, God is going to you know, cause the watering, but, but what does it say? The Lord brings the increase, right? The Lord is the one that causes those things to grow. So it's it's God that is at work, and uh, you know, so uh, God gives him the command to leave in His timing. So God has has told him now you can go now, and and so he's grabbed his wives and he's explained the situation, and and as he's explaining it, they're getting it, they're understanding. Okay, we're getting we're getting ready to go. He's like your your dad is getting hostile, your brothers, everything. He's he's painting the picture. And everybody's kind of getting what's being said. Verse 14, then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there still any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not considered strangers by him? For he has sold us and also completely consumed our money. For all these riches which God has taken from our father are really ours and our children's. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do it. So the ladies are on board. They, they see here that, you know, they felt that they were sold as property and, and they know that they have nothing left uh, to inherit from Laban. And uh, Laban now considers them to be strangers, it says. That's, now I, I hope my children would never say that, that I would, be, I would consider them that they, they mean nothing to me. 
You know, no, I'm pouring. Uh, my my goal is that when when my, I'm uh, when they become parents, that 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 they would look and say, okay, how did how did my parents love me? How did my mom love me in this situation? How did my dad love me? How did they sacrifice this? How did they sacrifice this to show me their love? And how did they pour out their love? That should be what, what carries on. What these girls are saying, these ladies are saying is, we don't mean anything to our dad. Anything that would have come to he he sold us off. He doesn't mean any. We don't mean anything to him. And we're not going to inherit anything. You know, we're 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 fully on board with you're our husband. You're the one that provides for us. You're the one that takes care of us. And uh, they know they're not going to inherit anything. And and uh, they I love the encouragement they say in verse sixteen. They say, do whatever God says is what they're saying to you. Uh, and we're with you. Now there's unity. We see a glimpse of unity happening in this family. They've been so divided. And what brings them back together? And gets them actually working together. God's plan. Right? Jacob had just ended up being there. And their wives and kids and competitions. And you know all this craziness is happening. And then God steps in. And God gives them a plan. And and they get they get set on on uh, you know what God has. You know there's division uh, when when man is uh, just involved in all these things and the chaos and everything that was ensuing in their house. And then God steps in and where what happens? The family gets united. Whatever God has said to you, do it. Okay, so there's unity. There's a little glimpse of it, right? Not saying everything's all happy and that there's no, not going to be any problems at any point. But what we see is that they are able to unite under the name of God and under God's promise. That's a powerful thing as we're studying through here to, to remember. Verse 17, then Jacob rose and set his sons and his wives on camels, and he carried away all his livestock and all his possessions which he had gained. Uh, his acquired livestock which he had gained from Padan Aram and uh, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear, shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's. And uh, Jacob stole uh, stole away, unknown to Laban the Syrian, in all uh, in that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had, and uh, he arose and crossed the river and headed toward the mountains of Gilead. So Jacob and his family pack up everything as fast as they can and all the people, the livestock possessions, and uh, they've gained, and now they're getting ready to move. And what does Rachel do? <laughs> right? Rachel says, you know, so uh, this is a pagan home, and they believe that these uh, these false gods, uh, the, uh, the Hebrew word for them is teraphim, and they're the family idols. Uh, very important to them. And uh, Rachel does something stupid. Uh, and they, uh, she goes back and, and uh, grabs them and steals them. And that's what triggers Laban's attention. Wait a minute, where did those go? And uh, we'll see here as it goes. Uh, it, it gets their attention. Now, there's, uh, here's a woman that had just told her husband, whatever the Lord, Yahweh, says to you, whatever God says to you, do it, and then she goes and does something uh, stupid and, and, and grabs these pagan uh, idols because she thinks they're going to give them good juju in their lives or whatever it is, right? So she goes and takes them, and uh, it's an important reminder uh, to us. You know, there's a driving man to serve, to worship something, and unfortunately, even within Christianity, uh, there is um, often... A, uh, a drive to worship the Lord looking at something or holding something. That could even be a cross with or without Jesus on it. You know, the Catholic cross with Jesus on it, the, uh, the Protestant uh, cross without him on it, uh, that I can't pray to the Lord or he's not going to hear my prayer unless I have this or else I look in this direction. If I have this and my window open and this happening and if I, you know, click my, my knuckles together and I say this and I, right? It's, that's superstition. That's that's not that's not faith in the Lord. That's superstition. That's pagan. We get that junk out of there, right? Even a picture of Jesus. You know, we, we don't know exactly what Jesus looked like. Nick and I we were talking about that after church here recently, 
And uh, we were talking about Jesus had a beard. He wasn't clean shaven, glowing, walking around all time, all the time. The scripture said there was no form or comeliness uh, like him that everybody would desire him and all those things. He was an average looking guy. You know, we, we know he had a beard because he got it ripped out. You know, so so you're talking about the soft thing that people might pray to and all those things, you know, with the two fingers up and glowing and, you know, all those things. I don't know. I've said before, I don't know what the two fingers are, but, you know, all those things, you know. Yeah. So but it can become idolatry to us. You know, those I'm not saying if somebody has a depiction of Jesus on your wall that, that you're committing idolatry or whatever. Not It's not what I'm saying. You have a cross there or anything. If that becomes like a charm to you, if it becomes something that you can't uh, do something and come to God without looking at, without thinking of or holding or anything, it's becoming an idol to you or it already has been. You know, we don't need that stuff. We serve a God so much greater. And that, that shouldn't be. Verse 22, And Laban was told on the third day that Jacob had fled. Then he took his brethren with him and pursued him for seven, uh, for seven days' journey and overtook him in the mountains of Gilead. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful that you, do, that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. So Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the mountains and... Laban, with his brethren, pitched uh, in the mountains of Gilead. So word get back, gets back to Laban after three days. And typically you'd think a three-day lead would be good, right? But they're, they're not moving quick. They've got livestock. They've got children. Uh, they're not moving quick. They're, not, they're, they're going, and, and uh, it's a slow trip for them. And, and uh, they uh, you know, probably felt like they were making good time, whatever it was, you know, seven days uh, and they were able to overtake Jacob and his family in the mountains of Gilead. And uh, what we see here is as Laban's getting excited, God meets him. And God warns him. And uh, God intervenes. And uh, he spoke to him in a dream and said, Be careful that you do not speak. Uh, uh, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. Hey, I'm watching. I'm paying attention. Watch what you say. That's quite a warning. And, you know, God is fulfilling his promise to Jacob back in uh, Genesis 28, right? That he's going to be with him and he's going to keep him, God said. In Genesis, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to keep you. And and God is faithfully carrying out his promise. And Laban had been warned uh, and uh, he went probably with an agenda. And, uh, and part of that agenda comes out later here as we're reading uh, but I could have, I could have, you know, used force. I could have killed in those things. Well, God intervenes. So verse 26, and Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you have stolen away unknown to me and taken away my daughters like captives uh, taken with the sword? Why did you flee away secretly and steal away from me and not tell me? For I might have sent you away with joy and songs and timbrel of harp. No, you wouldn't have. You know, he's already all fired up. Let's not, he's trying to manipulate again. That's what he does, right? That's what Laban does. I would have had a party. No, you wouldn't have. You would have thought of a new scheme, and we, we can call him out on that because we know. We all know it. You know, he would have worked out a new scheme, and, and Jacob didn't steal him away. They're his family. What he's saying is, why did you guys run away? And Jacob's like, because God told me it's time to go, right? And, and, and God intervenes here. Uh, verse uh, 28, and you did not allow me to kiss my sons and my daughters. <clears throat> now you have done foolishly in so doing. It is in my power to do you harm, right? There it is. Uh, but God, uh, but the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. And now you have surely gone because you greatly long for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? So Laban hints right here, but uh, as we discussed, he probably planned to do some harm. I, I think everybody, ah, we got our swords. Dad's going to take them out, right? His bro her brothers, their brothers are, are there and they're ready. They're all getting excited. Hey, when I get them, I'm going to, you know, they probably had those things. I, I can speculate there. But so God speaks to him and this isn't his God, the little G, 
whatever God that was or gods he was serving. There was something different, and the God of Abraham and Isaac was speaking to him and caused him to reevaluate his plan. He knew that, that there was something different, that something powerful had, ha had happened, and that uh, you know he was, after having this encounter with the one true and living God, he had to be careful what he said and, and what he did here. And, um, you know, he, and he has this encounter with the one true and living God that spoke to him in a dream, and what is he still focused on? The fake gods. He's looking for the ones that can be stolen. Guys, if we're serving a God that can be stolen, we're serving the wrong God. You know, if somebody can be like, hey, let's break into his house and steal his God. Okay, then we're serving the wrong thing. If, if God can be taken for a G, little G, if the, whatever we're serving can be taken from us, it's the wrong thing. 100% of the time. No question, it's the wrong thing. If that is anything other, who's going to steal God? The creator of the universe. Nobody, right? So he has this encounter, doesn't even realize it, you know, it, it, and it shows that, that him, even what he had encountered, what he had um, experienced, he's completely spiritually blind. And uh, he just knows, hey, I got this warning, so I'm just not going to do this, right? Verse 31, then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I said, perhaps you would take your daughters from me by force, probably, uh, with whomever you find your gods, uh, do not let him live. That's a scary thing to say when you don't know. Uh, in the presence of our brethren, identify what I, what I have of yours uh, and take it with you. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the two maids' tents, but did not find them. Then he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household idols and put them under the camel's saddle and sat on them. And Laban searched all about the tent, but did not find them. And when uh, and she said to her father, "Let it not displease my lord that I cannot rise before you, for the manner of women is with me." And he searched, but did not find. Uh, the household idols. So Jacob's unaware of anybody having them, and he tells and tells Laban, "Go ahead, go ahead and take them." And uh, you know he's sure there's nothing to find, right? That's how he is. You know, a righteous person has nothing to to hide. Proverbs twenty eight one. I have realized that I'm saying, oh, it might come up there. They didn't get my notes before service, right? Ashley I had to bring them to me right here. Proverbs twenty eight one. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous are bold as a lion. He's bold. He's like, go ahead, take whatever, you know, look around. If there's anything here, just take it. Because he knows that he's righteous in here. He doesn't have to flee. The, the, the wicked one, the one that's done wrong is the one that flees when nobody's chasing, right? So he can be bold. He's like, go ahead. So he Laban uh, goes through and he's searching tents and he doesn't find anything. Comes to Rachel's and uh, she's learned a little thing or two from dad, hasn't she? You know, so she's got her own little trick here, and she puts the gods under the little G, under the camel's uh, saddle, and sat on them and claimed to be uh, having her menstrual cycle, to be having her period. It worked. She knew her dad, right? I'm a guy. You know, I, oh, okay. You know, you probably, okay, if that's the thing, I'm, you're not, you don't have to get up. That's, that's, I get you. Okay, right? That's all he needed to hear. He ends up turning around, uh, and the search is over. She's clever. She's learned, uh, and uh, this is the situation here. So, um, as she tells her dad that it stops. Now, uh, thirty-six. Then Jacob was angry and rebuked Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, "What is my trespass? What is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? Although you have searched all my things, what part of your household things have you found?" Set it here before my brethren and your brethren, that they may judge between us both. These 20 years, so Jacob's had it, all right? This, uh, he, this is like, uh, you know, the, uh, when you put uh, water on, uh, on to go, the, the old whistler thing, I can't remember what they're called there, right? This is, the, the, the top is going, and the whistle's going off, right? He's boiling inside, and the steam is coming out. This is what Jacob said. These 20 years, verse 38, I have been with you, your ewes and 
uh, your female goats have not miscarried their young, and I have not eaten the rams of your flock, that which, uh, that which was torn by beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it. You required it of my hand, whether stolen by day or by night. There I was. In the day, drought consumed me, and, in, uh, and the frost by night, and my, sheep departed, uh, my sleep departed from my eyes. Uh, thus I have been in your house twenty years. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and yet you have changed my wages ten times. I mean, do you hear him, like, screaming this? Right? He's, raw, Right? And in verse 42, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had been with me, surely now you would have sent me away empty handed. That I believe wholeheartedly. Uh, God has seen my affliction and labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Go, Jacob. Right. <laughs> Jacob's just ripping into him. Right. He'd had enough. And, uh, you know, this has all come to a boiling point. You know, what did you find? What sin? Okay, why are you hotfully, you know, hotly pursuing me? You know, let's see it. And, and he's saying here, over 20 years I served you. Your, your sheep and, and your livestock didn't have miscarriages. They haven't eaten of your flock. And, uh, you know, any that were killed or stolen, they required it. He required it from Jacob's hand. It was his responsibility. Oh, you lost that? Well, you better replace it. You know, that's how Jacob, he was a hard guy to work for, you know, and, and, and he had given all the serving uh, Laban. That's what he told his wives, right? And long, hard days in the sun, you know, freezing cold, sleepless nights, you know, serving Laban for 20 years and change wages. He had had enough and he rips into Laban. And, you know, and he, he says here, unless God had been uh, with Jacob, he would have been sent away empty-handed. And like I said, I believe that wholeheartedly. Laban would have stripped him bare and said, get out of here. And he would have. That's that's how he was. And and he said, God had seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Oh, God stepped in and rebuked you. He knows you're wrong. You know you're wrong. I know you're wrong. And, uh, you know, God rebuked you last night, Laban. Verse 43, And Laban answered and said to Jacob, these daughters are my daughters, and these children are my children. He's basically saying, I'm the patriarch here. What are you talking about? Uh, and this flock is my flock. Uh, all you see is mine. But what can I do uh, this day to these my daughters or to, uh, or to their children whom they have born here? So there's this, hey, you know, what we're going to say, this is, this is also my family here. He's trying to make him save face, is what I think a little bit here. Verse 44, now therefore come. Let us make a covenant. Settle down, Jacob. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to make a covenant here, right? I came with my own agenda. Uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. Then Jacob said to his brethren, gather stones. So they took stones and made a heap. And they ate there on the heap. Laban called it uh, Jagger Sahugada, whatever that is. Sahatu, yeah, that word. Uh, <laughs> it's totally, yeah. Uh, Sedutha, Sedutha, Sahadatha. There we go. So, that, that thing. But Jacob called it Galid. And, uh, and Laban said, this heap is a witness between you and me this day. Therefore, its name was called Galid, also Mitzpah, because he said, may the, God, uh, may the Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. If you afflict my daughters, or if you take other wives besides my daughters, okay, guy that forced him to have four wives, um, uh, besides my daughters, Although no man is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, here uh, is this heap, and here is the uh, this pillar which I have placed between you and me. This heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not pass beyond this heap to you, and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me. For harm, they could pass peacefully, but not for harm. Then uh, the God of Abraham, the God of Naor, the God of their 
father, judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and called his brethren to eat bread. And they ate bread and stayed all night on the mountain. And early in the morning, Jacob arose and kissed his sons and daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned to his place. So things settle down a little bit. They go through this this uh, process of everybody grabbing a stone and they they build up all these stones and they eat there and as the sign of their covenant and uh, they make this covenant and they uh, they call the place a heap of witness or Mitzpah is a watchtower uh, is also uh, when he's saying that the God would watch over. So Laban tries to, I, 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 what I see here is Laban using God to control Jacob's life uh, a little bit. There's a little bit of a, hey, you know, God, whatever. They, Jacob was agreeable to whatever was said here. Um, and uh, he, he, he uses God here. And uh, they set up this pillar and they agree, hey, neither of us are going to go past this pillar to one another for harm. Not that they could never go back and visit or whatever, but uh, this is for for harm. So quite a quite a, a thing here that we just went through. And um, we could get caught up in the arguments. We could get caught up in, in what has happened here. But if you look at the undertone of what is being said through here, this whole account is all about and testifies of the faithfulness of God. The whole thing does. Like start to finish, the whole thing does. You know, the, you know. There's a a uh, wow. We're way past, so I'll I'll shut up. Uh, but there's there's a uh, a warning here, uh, or or a reminder to not get caught up in a situation uh, and and forget who's in control. And I have just uh, some uh, points here. Uh, the Lord had blessed Laban through Jacob's service. So as we're looking at this. In the, as as the glorification of God, um, uh, God is the one that that is glorified in all of this, and and it's all about God's faithfulness. So he had blessed Laban through Jacob's service. He had seen and heard how Laban had taken advantage of Jacob. Now he was the one that had blessed the increase for Jacob, regardless of how the situation worked with the goats and lambs and uh, how they were fed and bred and everything. It was God that gave the increase. Jacob himself said that. You know, God blessed Jacob. Uh, he had uh, a family and he had a lot of livestock. God was the one to comfort Jacob and to tell him to go back to his home in, in chapter 31. God uh, reminded him of Bethel, the place that uh, he was unaware that God was was there working and, and doing things. You know, God had protected Jacob. Uh, God gave him peace with Laban in the end. God protected him from Laban, God gave him peace with Laban, and God had led Jacob out of Laban's land and back to his father's house. That's all about what God did. There's a lot of personalities and a lot, but when you look at the sum of everything that happened is God's faithfulness, God working, God, despite humans, despite sinfulness, God had a plan and God worked. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we can trust you with our lives. You had promised Jacob all the way back in Genesis 28, 20 years before what we just read had taken place, that you were going to be with him and keep him and bring him out of that land and bring him back through. And you did. There was so much that happened. You, you blessed him. You heard him. You saw him. You protected him. You kept him. And uh, Lord, that you gave him peace. And you brought him back out. And, and uh, we'll see. We know that you brought him all the way back. We praise you. We thank you that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters.